Welcome to Everyone Loved It But Me. My name is Lisa Hedger and I am your host. I am a freelance writer, editor, and journalist in Central Ohio. This is the podcast where we offer analysis with the different perspective of a super beloved book. And here we are, I guess, in the dog days of summer, August 2022. And what I like to do in, in some of these kind of summer days is offer up these book bits episodes, which also offer some analysis, I think, of maybe some subjects and topics that aren't quite getting the amount of attention and kind of look at things from from a different perspective. So today we are looking at the publishing trial that is happening right now. It just got underway this week and this is essentially with Penguin Random House and the U.S. government. I just don't think it's getting a lot of attention. I'm going to really dive into this and talk about this particular book deal with with Penguin Random House. How they struck this deal back in 2020 to buy Simon and Schuster, and kind of what what has transpired, why the government is trying to prevent this deal from happening, and ultimately. Like, how could it affect us, right, as readers? How could it affect readers and and perhaps uh, also writers, too, that I think it will ultimately affect us as readers and the type of books that we read? And that's, that's what we find really compelling on this show. This is going to be a fun discussion. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm stripping out any legalese because I'm not a lawyer, and I'm just going to talk about this, this topic from a bookish perspective, which I find fascinating. Now on to the show. Right, I'm ready to dive in. First, I just want to say I would really, really appreciate it if you would click like or subscribe or follow or whatever it is at the top of your phone or your computer, wherever you're listening to the podcast. It would really help me out. I am a one-woman show. And what I really try to provide is an in-depth analysis into bookish topics and literature and books. And, you know, one of my favorite things to do is really to do the Everyone Loved It But Me book, where we take this deep dive and an analytical approach. And if you're a first-time listener, you can kind of look through and find all sorts of books that we have analyzed. And in the weeks where I'm taking a little bit of a break from from those books, I'm not really taking a break. I'm I'm reading and preparing and, you know, editing and, and things like that in this case for the fall. And then what I do in, in between time is, are these book bits episodes where we talk, where I talk about some really kind of unique bookish topics and try to provide that fun, in-depth analysis as well. Today, I feel like this this topic may not have gotten a, a huge amount of attention. So what's happening is we basically have five big publishers, okay, in the U.S. They call them the big five. They are Penguin Random House, Hatchet Book Group, HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, and Macmillan. In the fall of 2020, Penguin Random House 
struck a deal to buy rival Simon and Schuster for wait for it 2.18 billion dollars okay 2.18 billion dollars just think about that for a second <laughs> all right that was announced in 20 20 in the fall of 2020 i'm talking to you in august of 2022 almost two years ago what has transpired is you know we have publishing executives and experts and the government and everyone has come together and the government has basically said no not not so fast not so fast we think that this merger would dramatically affect and hurt the literary landscape. Obviously, I mean, we can do the math, guys, right? We know it's going to shrink our number of major publishing houses from five to four. But but some say, no, no, it's it's more than just that. Okay, it's not we're just losing one. You're actually, it, it'll almost basically create the big one and those other three. And they're saying, the government is looking at this and saying, no, no, this could really impact authors, new authors, smaller authors, smaller publishers, the kind of people that we talk about a lot here on this show, especially when I highlight those books that are kind of the overlooked books that everyone hated it, but me books, the books that just don't get as much attention and that don't you know, that 10 million people aren't reading these books. It's going to be harder for these authors. So what is happening is in the fall of 2021, the Biden administration filed a lawsuit to block this sale as part of a pretty aggressive stance against what they call this corporate consolidation. In this trial, it just started this week, you guys. And it's pretty juicy in terms of, of how trials go. This is one to watch. So what we are going to see this week, and I will try to, you know, I'm going to try to follow this on, on social media and, and I'm going to follow some, some updates, perhaps even, even next week, because I think this is so compelling, you guys. The Justice Department is saying, they're calling this a monopoly. So it's M-O-N-O-P-S-O-N-Y. We know that a monopoly refers to a seller that has too much power over consumers. Okay, we've heard that before going back to our high school classes. A monopsony has too much power over suppliers. Okay, in this case, and I am citing right now an article from the New York Times. I'm going to include all the links in the show notes, you guys, like I always do, so you can double check. This, in this case, the government says these suppliers are authors of books expected to be top sellers, which publishers buy for these advances of a lot of money. The Biden administration, here's their argument. They say that by shrinking the number of big publishers, which have these amazing budgets, and these are the ones that are competing for the biggest books, there would be less competition for these titles. In turn, that's going to lower the advances paid to their offer to their authors. Okay, that will lower what these authors are gonna get. Many authors get like an advance. They'll say, hey, you know, I've got this 
great idea to write this book about a teacher that transforms into a superhero and flies to the moon and then comes back and shares their wisdom to to their students okay so that's a insane idea but you get what I'm saying so somebody actually says oh wow I love that idea obviously nobody would but somebody they love the idea these are authors that are well respected and now the government is saying fewer authors will be able to earn a living from writing what they're trying to say is you know these big publishers have these awesome budgets They are competing for the biggest books. That means they're going to be less competition. And in turn, lower advances are going to be paid to authors. As a result, fewer authors will be able to earn a living from writing. That's what the Justice Department is saying. Let me repeat that. The Justice Department is saying fewer authors will be able to earn a living from writing. Okay, so. What is Penguin Random House? What are they saying? What is their argument, right? So Penguin Random House argues that this deal, this major acquisition, this $2.18 billion acquisition is actually going to increase competition in the industry and it will benefit authors and readers. So They're saying the deal will give Simon & Schuster's authors access to Penguin Random House's supply chain and distribution networks, which are generally considered the best in the business. That's their argument. And they're saying, you know, hey, they're basically kind of using that old school like business 101. They're saying scale, right? We have this amazing scale. We're going to be more efficient. They're arguing efficiencies created by combining the two companies will allow it to pay authors more, which would then encourage other publishers to increase their offers in order to compete. We have the government saying, no, 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 wait, wait just a second, wait just a second. Authors are going to be paid less. We have the publishers saying, oh, no, 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 authors are going to be paid more. Okay. And this week, what we are diving into this week, and this is like the fun, juicy stuff that that I'm going to like really start diving into right now. Just give me a minute. I needed to set this up for you guys. What we're going to get now is all of the witnesses, all of the authors and everybody, you know, that's going to come and testify and give their opinion. In some cases, hopefully it's more than just opinion, right? We're going to have experts who are going to give some statistics and information. And this is expected to be a three-week trial. This is not just a short little, you know, quick, quick thing. And I wanted to offer out some statistics. These are some really good statistics in that New York Times article, right? They're saying that there's no question the biggest publisher in the U.S. is Penguin Random House currently. Right now, they're already the biggest publisher. They release more than 2,000 books a year. And if this merger happens, then they're going to gain Simon & Schuster, which releases about a thousand titles a year. 
So the combined company would produce, this is from the New York Times, a disproportionate percentage of the top selling books, according to industry analysts. Last year, in 2021, Penguin Random House titles accounted for 38% of the top 100 best-selling print books. That is before this deal, because we know it has not been approved, before the, this deal has happened. We already had Penguin Random House accounting for 38%, and Simon & Schuster made up 11%. We know that with them combined, if we, we do our math again, we'll be they'll be just under 50%. One company would be selling, would be accounting for, you know, almost 50% potentially of the top 100 best-selling books if, you know, 2021, if, if the next year is, is similar, it could be plus or minus, certainly a, a few a few percentage points, of course. Let's talk about this trial. This is this is where I think it gets it gets good, you guys. Now this trial has begun. And the best part so far, you guys, there's so many good things about this trial. But one of the best parts is one of the first speakers who was speaking today on Tuesday, okay, on behalf of the government was the Stephen King, the author, the best-selling author Stephen King, who has written so many books. And one of my favorite things, I will link this, this is an Associated Press article. I love the way they start this. They talk about him. He, Best-selling author Stephen King gingerly stepped up to the witness stand Tuesday in a federal antitrust trial. Tracing his own history, he laid out a portrait of a publishing industry that has become in increasingly concentrated over the years while richly rewarding his creative endeavors. Okay, he's kind of stuck in the middle here, guys. And it starts out, this is one of my favorite parts. My name is Stephen King. I'm a freelance writer. Yep, you heard it there, you guys. Stephen King and myself, we have the same profession. <laughs> anyway, I, I, yes, but but here's what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring himself to like every, make himself similar, remind people that he started out as a freelance writer. He has been published for years by Simon and Schuster. Okay. And this, like we said, this merger of Penguin Random House is to buy Simon and Schuster. He would definitely be impacted. And this has been described, his appearance, as highly unusual for an antitrust trial, which I thought is really, really interesting. And what, what he did is he kind of chronicled and they describe he's, he's wearing all gray. I always like how they, they tell us and there's pictures. I'll include all of this. He's in a gray suit, shoes and tie. Gray is one of my favorite colors. I think that was a smart decision. He crisply answered the questions with some moments of humor and brief flashes of gentle outrage as he testified during the second day of this trial. Let's 
talk about what he said. After he started out and said, I'm a freelance writer, trying to relate to all of us out there and say, okay, I'm one of everyone else. He says, I came because I think that consolidation is bad for competition. The way the industry has evolved, it becomes tougher and tougher for writers to find money to live on. The big five are pretty entrenched, he said. He expressed some skepticism toward the two publishers' commitment. They're saying we're going to continue to bid for books separately and competitively after a merger. And he's quoted saying, you might as well say you're going to have a husband and wife bidding against each other for the same house, he quipped. It would be sort of very gentlemanly and sort of after you and oh, after you, he said, gesturing with a polite sweep of the arm. You can kind of see where he's going. He's also quoted saying the more the publishers consolidate, the harder it is for indie publishers to survive. And as a result, right, that's indie writers, independent writers, writers that are, are trying to, to get out there. And it's, it's also interesting because his affinity, I'm reading this again from the Associated Press, for smaller publishers is personal. Even while continuing to publish with Simon & Schuster, he has written thrillers for the independent hard case crime. Years ago, the publisher asked him to contribute a blurb, but King instead offered to write a novel for them, The Colorado Kid, released in 2005. Inside, I was turning cartwheels, hard case co-founder uh, Charles Ardai would remember thinking when King contacted him. So King himself, he would be a benefactor, I think, from this deal. But he has this history of favoring other priorities beyond the material well-being. He's, you know, been a critic of these tax cuts for the rich, and he... He has written, I think in the, this was a Daily Beast article. You can find this in America. We should all have to pay our fair share. So this is really interesting. This this lawsuit is, is super fascinating. We now see where Stephen King stands. I think we are going to, we're going to have a lot of other witnesses. And this is one, you guys, we need to keep our eyes on. I think it's really fascinating. I wanted to really just kind of set the stage, let you know what's going on, let you know what the publishers are arguing, and let you know what the government is arguing and what one pretty well-known author is saying, where he stands on this. And I'm curious to see if we're going to have some additional authors speaking. I'm curious to see the additional thoughts. There there are some ideas, I think, of, of who else might be speaking. But I'm going to keep my eye open for this. I feel like so many other trials this summer ha, have taken a lot of attention in the public eye. I won't get into those, but, but there have been a couple big ones. And this one hasn't gotten quite as much attention. And for those of us who love to read, and we love to read new authors, we love to read people who have new and innovative and creative ideas, I think that the outcome of this trial could, could impact 
what gets put on our shelves at our independent bookstores and at our libraries. I am going to continue following this and I'm going to keep you guys posted on on what on what unravels. I want to thank you so much for listening to my little independent show. I always, always appreciate your time. If you've ever got a topic, a book, something you would love to see me discuss, please reach out to my website, www.everyoneloveditbutme.com. Always, I always encourage you to tell friends, neighbors, all your bookish pals about my show. It really helps. And again, thank you for your time. I hope you have a lovely day. And most importantly, I hope you get time to read today.